0: RadioInfluence.com.
1: This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, the president of Valor Fights, Tim Loy.
2: Welcome to the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, joined as always by my co-host, Justin Watson. We'll be joined by Greg Hopkins a little bit later. Uh, We're coming off a big UFC Nashville weekend. We're going to recap that tonight, as well as a preview for UFC Philly, which is this weekend. Um, And we're also going to talk to Andrew Sturdeman, who will be part of Valor 57, which is next weekend, uh, April the 5th. It's next Friday night at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee, part of our monthly fight night at the joe series so we're gonna be talking to him here in just a little bit uh justin how's it going man we uh we had a had a big nashville card uh here in tennessee last week and uh it actually delivered a little better action than what i was expecting but i, I i'm a little more pumped for this lineup this weekend uh what what was your uh before we get into the the recap here in a little bit uh overall thoughts on ufc nashville
0: uh i thought it was a good card man definitely some some big surprises and uh
2: you know some good fights all around no doubt and uh, we'll get we'll get into our DraftKings kings recap here uh after our interview here but justin takes home the uh the top score with a, a pretty nice a pretty nice score over 400 points um not a great night for me greg did okay uh so we'll see uh we'll see how it how it all shakes out this week but uh, before we get into all that we'll uh, we'll knock out our interview we've got for tonight let's uh get andrew Sterneman on the line We've got one of the top featherweight prospects here in the uh, the southeastern region joining us. It is Andrew Sturdivant as he gets ready for his next bout. It's coming up next Friday night. We're getting close. It's April the 5th at Valor 57. He's going to be competing for the number one contender slot for that vacant 145-pound strap. Andrew, how's it going this evening?
3: I'm doing all right, man. I'm, I'm feeling good. You know, good, I'm, good, I'm, good.
2: I'm, I know this is probably uh, what most would uh, deem their hell week as far as, uh, you know, fight preparation goes. So I appreciate you taking a few minutes out of your, your training schedule to chat with us. Let's talk a little bit before we get into uh, this actual this actual fight and, and what's been going on with you. The, uh, I, when it's your first time on the show, I always like to try to let you have a little bit of, of an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself to people that, that haven't uh, seen you fight yet. So uh, quick bio, if you would, on your background, how you got into MMA uh you know what kind of led you towards that path and uh you know any other interesting little tidbits before we get uh, cranking out talking about this one coming up
3: uh well i mean people probably want to know that i mean i'm in school at chattanooga state and i plan to transfer in the next year or so and go to UTC. and i actually got started into mma kind of weird i guess you could say i mean I was a wrestler in high school and I made it to, I mean, I qualified for state twice and my senior year, it was, I was preparing to uh, wrestle in a tournament and I got to fighting with my, like one of my best friends and I don't know, ever since then I've had like this desire to fight, I guess you could say. I don't know. I mean, I just like the sport really um, pretty good to me.
2: Well, you know, you're you're one of those uh, young bucks uh, that that's one of the rising rising prospects that has uh, you know you've gotten a nice early jump on things. You know, you haven't waited till you're 30 years old to, to jump into the mix, and uh, you know you've been tested already. We put you in there with with some tough guys, uh, you know, so you've you've already kind of been in that heat, you know, where you've gone the three rounds or you've been in there with guys that are that are, that are advanced and they're skilled. You know, uh, you're coming off of a win over another fellow young, solid prospect in Garrett Sharp. And, uh, you know, you got to finish in that fight. Uh, talk, before we get into this one, let's talk a little bit about that one. Uh, you know, that hasn't been that long. It's just been a couple months ago. Yeah, you got that win over Garrett Sharp. He came into his hometown, knocked him off, yeah. and uh, and kind of really rose your stock up, in my opinion. Talk a little bit about that fight. Yeah,
3: yeah. I really, in that fight, i um, I say I found myself. And I found my just, I calmed down. I could feel myself calming down in there and throwing my techniques and just feeling them out or implying my game plan, rather. I just took my time and, I mean, I caught the choke and that was it.
2: Well, you know um, the, the the people that listen to our our previews, we do a picks panel and preview uh, preview picks uh, before each event. And generally, what the panel uh, was kind of you know the the general consensus among the panel when we were talking about your fight and there's a there's a couple guys that that chose you, I feel like, but I think the majority chose Gary. And it was uh, essentially was that you know you're you're very talented. Everybody, everybody Did everybody take him? You may be right, actually, now that I think about it, because I remember I, uh, we, our schedules got or maybe you didn't see my message or something because we were trying to talk to you after that one. So that would make sense. Um, <clears throat> you know, the, the general consensus, I feel like when they were kind of breaking down that fight was that, you know, you've got a ton of potential. Uh, you, you come out firing really good in that first round. You're, you know, you've been very dominant in your first rounds of fights. But then as the but you had a little bit of a hard time uh, what was the word, I guess conserving energy or, uh, you know, pacing yourself. To where you were, you're starting to gas a little bit in the second and third rounds. Now, this last fight, you didn't let it get that far, but you did seem a lot more composed. Was that something that the the analysts were kind of spot on? Uh, and you actually made a conscious effort to try to kind of slow things down and think things through, and not just rush through things. Well,
3: it's not that I want didn't want to let it go. I, I never, you never want to let a fight go further than it has to go. Of but- course. I don't know I was I was just really filling it out and caught what needed to be caught that that night but um I'm I'm I mean I can go multiple rounds I can go 3 rounds if it needs to go 3 rounds but you know it's just
2: I, I, I think that, you know, you've shown that you've, you've gone the distance already against, you know, tough guys. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, the 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 main knock maybe after, after coming off of your fight in January was, you know, you fought Dylan D'Angelo. You looked really good in that first round. Uh, and you're just super, uh, super aggressive more than anything. You're which, you know, fans love. I, I love fighters that go for it. You know that, that don't play it safe that aren't right. laying in, and and you're definitely that guy uh you know when you see an opportunity then then you go for it you know which is uh which is definitely a good attribute to have um as you as you move along and and as you start to you know see things more slowly and you know things slow down for you in the cage the more experience obviously that you get um <laughs> let's talk about this one you got coming up and it's uh You've got an undefeated guy in front of you, Silas Reynolds. He's not been tested like you've been tested, you know. he's uh, He's been in there a little bit softer than you have. So this is a good step up for Silas here. Uh, it's also a fight that I just think will be a lot of good action because both of you guys uh, have shown a penchant to to go for that finish. Talk a little bit about this matchup. He trains with a good gym, as do you. You're there with Chet Blaylock. at Blaylock's down there in the Chattanooga-Fort Oglethorpe area. Uh, he's with Shield Systems in Knoxville. So, you know, both of you guys come in from, from good camps. They're going to have you guys prepped up.
3: Yeah, I respect him. Um, he's game. I believe he's game. I'm going to just take this fight. Like I'm going to take any other fight, you know, take it like it's the next one. The most important one,
2: um,
3: I'm going to go out there and implement what I know that I can do. And I don't think he's going to be able to withstand it. So.
2: And of course the winner of this one will be in line next, uh, for that title shot. I'm really excited for that as we get into the summer. Um, before we wrap up, man, let's talk a little bit about your training. You know, uh, you're training there uh, under Chet Blaylock. You've got a lot of good, solid uh, training partners there, including your teammates that will be on this card with you. You know you've got uh, you've got Tanner Poe, you've got Odell Anderson, and you've got uh, Emory Norid all on this card together uh with you uh, talk a little bit about that you know is it a, is it a lot more uh i guess enjoyable uh to to go through camp with your teammates you guys are all kind of cutting weight together uh and we'll have you know that that support system versus coming up and fighting on your own yes
3: yeah, we're uh it is it, it's a lot better to train with somebody that also has a fight just because you get to go through or that you got somebody else going through it with you you know cutting weight and training and busting your ass you know uh, but we're all looking to make a show and, and I can't wait for April 5th, man.
2: Very good, man. I want to let you have some uh, an opportunity to get some shout-outs where they're due. Uh, any uh, sponsors or training partner love you want to give? I'm going to let you have the mic and uh, and, and get some shout-outs.
3: Uh, I want to thank my parents and I want to thank my coach, Chet Waylock, and my training partners, Emery, Tanner, and Odell, and Caleb, and it's everybody that's helped me get through this camp and that's just going to help me keep
2: growing in the sport. I love it. Outstanding, man. Well, we appreciate you taking a little bit of time to talk with us. And once again, you can catch Andrew uh, next weekend. It's going to be Friday night, April the 5th. He's taking on Silas Reynolds in the amateur main event portion of Valor 57. Uh, make sure you check it out. It will be on Flow Combat if you can't be there live and in person. Andrew, best of luck next weekend. Looking forward to seeing you, man, and we, we thank you so much for the time. Thank you, sir. I enjoyed it. All right. Big thanks to Andrew Sturdeman for joining us for our interview. Let's jump now into our recap of the UFC Fight Night 148 event. It was... Uh, going down from Nashville, Tennessee, at the Bridgestone Arena. It's an ESPN Plus card. And, uh, you know, looking back on our, our DraftKings contest that we had, Justin comes out uh, on top in that one. Uh, we're going to do it again this week. So, uh, you know, look for the link on our Facebook page. We'll be posting that up. It is a free contest. Jump in there this weekend. Play DraftKings with us. And if you win the Valor Hour contest, then you are going to get two complimentary tickets to Valor 57, which goes down next Friday night, April the 5th at the COD Night Joe. So, uh, jump in there and play with us. We, we want to play with you. I, I promised a promo code this week, and it will be next week. My, my DraftKings call got uh, pushed back to tomorrow. So, uh, next week we'll have that promo code ready for you, but we're still going to offer the, the free contest this week. Uh, it is uh, the link will be available on the Valor Hour Facebook page. And uh, we look forward to to seeing a lot of you guys jump in there and compete with us. Uh, UFC Fight Night 148. uh, Let's see. Let's do a quick rundown here. We had preliminary action. A lot of decisions on this one, guys. There wasn't a a ton of just... Huge, high-scoring um, lineups here. Jordan Espinosa got us started with a unanimous decision over Eric Shelton. Uh, Espinosa was under money there, $7,500 in, in a play that a lot of us liked. Uh, Chris Gutierrez gets the unanimous decision win in dominant fashion over Ryan McDonald. Ryan McDonald was tough. I really expected Gutierrez to get him out of there, though. I really, I really still kind of think he should have. Uh, Random Marcos defeats Angela Hill by a first-round armbar submission, and she was underdog money too. She was pretty uh, inexpensive. Well, now that I think about it, she was about eight thousand dollars. She was middle of the road, I suppose, but but definitely returned a uh, really nice uh, return on investment there uh, with Random Marcos. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on these first three? Anything stand out to you? Anybody to, to keep a note of? I think that maybe you know uh, that may be it for Angela Hill. I don't. She's kind of on. The-
0: yeah it's it's gonna be tough i mean that weight class is is pretty shallow so girls with you know pretty pretty weak records are, are still hanging around like these two um uh, you know i i was looking for marcos to to win this fight i thought it would be a lot closer thought it would, would last a lot longer but um my that was definitely my highest payout of the night was was off of her so uh that was a good pick.
2: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Greg, uh, any thoughts on these first three prelims? Random Marcos, uh, Chris Gutierrez, or Jordan Espinosa?
1: No, I wish uh, uh, Gutierrez would have uh, finished him, and uh, I wish I would have put Marcos on my DraftKings. But I did like uh, place a big wager on her off off the off the podcast, and that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I like I enjoyed both of them. I thought that uh, Chris should have finished Ryan in the first, or in the third round. I really wish he would have. We could have got him a lot more points on the DraftKings. Uh Espinosa, that was a uh, – we, we all kind of thought that was going to happen. But it, I enjoyed all three of the first preliminaries.
2: Rounding out the prelims, Jennifer Maya pulls the upset and gets the unanimous decision win over Alexis Davis. That one was kind of close. Um, I had Alexis Davis there, and uh, she couldn't get it done. Uh, Marlon Vera with a first-round knockout over Frankie Sainz in a minute 25, and that was that one was probably my biggest – snag because I was all over Frankie Sainz um there thinking his wrestling could, could drag this out and him still score some points and I think he scored two. Uh and then Bryce Mitchell, another underdog comes through he was a, a pretty pretty cheap play. He defeats Bobby Moffat by unanimous decision. A lot of good scrambles there. A lot of close submissions. Uh pretty fun fight there uh, overall. Greg uh
1: I, the the Lexus Davis fight, she Davis just looked like a zombie walking into Jennifer the whole time. Yeah, and, uh, I, I that was like my fate of the week was uh, Jennifer Maya. I, I, she was my favorite of the week, and she ended up coming through there. Uh, Marlon Brand or uh, Marlon Vera, uh, I took him on my draft. No, I didn't take uh, Vera on my draft teams, I don't think, but I did put him good wager on him on uh, uh in, in real life. But you know, Bryce Mitchell surprised me, and I think uh, uh, before. Uh, I think yeah, the, that was a good little interview you had after where when he uh he yelled at it, Reebok, you know, such bitches wanted a camo short. That was pretty funny. I enjoyed the hell out of Bryce Mitchell. Did lose a lot of money on Bryce Mitchell though because I had a uh, pretty good heavy hefty wager on uh, Bobby Moffett and and I took the under in that fight because I thought that I thought somebody was getting submitted or knocked out and probably like the first or second, but all them there. But uh, you know, props to Bryce Mitchell. I'm happy for him.
2: I did get lucky and catch the over in that Bryce Mitchell Bobby Moffitt fight, but overall, yeah, it was uh, it was bad news for me uh, through the the majority of that little run. Justin, your thoughts on the uh, the end of the prelims? I was surprised by Maya Davis too. Davis kind of that's you know
0: kind of what she's become known for, just being a zombie and just walking through and eating punches. She's not that great. She's just tough and keeps coming. Um, Marlon Vera looked great. I- I thought I was with you. I thought Frankie Saints wrestling was going to be a, a real issue in that fight, and uh, Marlon Vera didn't even give it a chance to to take place. I almost took Bryce Mitchell. I didn't take him, but I wish I would have. Uh, that would have been a,
2: a better pick than than Panito. Now, uh, moving on to the main card, we saw Macy Barber get a second-round TKO over J.G. Aldridge. Uh, probably the, the – I'm, I'm guessing that was most likely the, the best um, favorite – a uh, high dollar uh, buy, if you will, to to provide you know pretty good points for her salary because she was expensive. But uh, Macy Barber stays undefeated. I think she's seven and zero now, and uh, a good step up against JJ Audrich, and she passes that test. And then of course uh, the violent Bob Ross, Luis Pena, with a unanimous decision went over Steven Peterson, um, and uh, he got it 30-27 on all the scorecards. I, I gave Peterson around myself. But uh, none, of the, none of the judges did good performance from Pena. I was concerned with his uh, durability and cardio after his last fight, especially with this being a cut to 145 and him missing weight. So I was on Steven Peterson on my lineups um, and, uh, and didn't get in on Luis Pena. However, uh, if I can recall, Peterson still put up pretty decent points for him to have been of uh, such a low price. He wasn't just a complete bust. Uh, from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on these two, Luis Pena and Macy Barber. Yeah, I stayed away
0: from Luis Pena, <clears throat> like you said, missing weight, and um, we weren't sure about, about the, if that weight cut was a good idea anyway. Um, so I stayed away from that one, but he ended up pulling it off. I did take Macy Barber. I scored, like, I think that was my second best uh, pick of the night. Um, she she got me, like, 97.5 points or something. So, um she stood, you know, she she uh, stood behind the hype and and you know came in there to do what she came to do.
2: And uh, Greg, your thoughts here on uh, Macy Barber and Luis Pina? Uh
1: Macy Barber really impressed me, uh, and I I can't say that. You know, right, right after after the you know the, the slay of a uh, I guess a chin that she has, and she showed it here because she took a lot of hits, and uh, I mean, she looked to be in a, a lot of trouble every every so often throughout the first round, and uh, after uh, JJ and after Aldrich, she uh, she kind of faded and got a little tired, and uh, Mace just clocked her and just started you know teeing off after she saw she was hurt. Uh, uh, the Pina, I, I just remember Justin throwing out a uh, crazy statistic earlier this year in January about or not in January, but a little while after January, uh, it said something about fighters that have missed weight or, like, I don't remember what it Do you remember what it was, Justin? Something and something. They were, like,
0: At one point last year, they were 7-0. and oh. yeah, Okay, one, now this year's the opposite, right? I think so.
1: Yeah. Well, I just remember you throwing out a crazy statistic, and I was like, maybe they're due one here. So I thought Pena was a good bet. Plus he's 6'3", 145, and he he got some of his weight there. So um, uh, I, that's why I took Pena there. But uh, uh, I just thought that was a crazy tizzy earlier this year, and I was like, maybe they're do one now, and maybe Pena'll pull this off. He didn't score that many points though; he only scored around seventy-ish or something like that uh, for you know. I don't really know if it looked like a dominant fight, but he did have some pretty pretty highlights for his uh you know for his highlight reel. Of course, he he had that little I don't know what it was, that little flying knee hit. But, uh, yeah, I enjoyed both of those fights. And uh, I I think I had Macy Barber on uh, on mine, too. She only got, like, she got 97. It's pretty good. But I'm still kicking myself for not taking Marcos earlier.
2: (laughs) Up next, we had uh, one of the one of the bigger ups. Well, I wouldn't say a huge upset, but from a from a DraftKings pricing, it was it was uh, an upset, I suppose. Jucia uh, Formiga defeats the uh, the much heralded Davison Figueroa uh, by unanimous decision. A lot of people had Figueroa winning that fight uh, coming in, and you know he was a sizable favorite, and um, you know salary wise, he was uh, he was eighty five hundred to uh, Formiga's seventy seven hundred. And uh, Formiga got it done. The, the veteran there was a, a good step up for, for Figueroa, who wasn't able to pass it. Uh, up next was the fight that kind of killed it for me. Man, this was hard to sit through. Uh, in fact, I just couldn't sit through it. I got off to other things. But uh, John mcdessey with a unanimous decision victory over Jesus Pinedo in a uh, less than uh, less than less than exciting performance. Greg mcdessey and Formiga.
1: I I enjoyed that fight, but uh, I actually I I really didn't have a, a pick in that fight. I didn't play either one of those guys. I didn't bet on him because that was such an evenly matched fight that I was scared to take either side. To be honest, but uh, I mean the winner for uh, Mega showed through and he did he did he dominated the fight in a pretty pretty good fashion from the feet.
2: I really enjoyed that fight. And, uh, Justin, you uh, you took a, a flyer here on uh, Pinedo, hoping for the knockout, didn't get it. Uh, just a, kind of a grind fest from McDessie.
0: Yeah, wasn't, wasn't too fun to watch. McDessie didn't score very many points out of it. it you know, would have been a good one to stay away from. Um, but for me, for me, it worked out for me. I You know, I kind of thought that, that the experience and the wrestling uh, was going to be too much. for hey, it was undefeated coming in. Um, but, you know, like I said, the experience was just a little too much and uh, we scored there on on Formiga
2: co-main event um, went as probably a lot of people expected I suppose Uh, Curtis Blades uh, gets back on the winning track he cost $9,000 so he was one of the more expensive plays on DraftKings Uh, gets the unanimous decision win over Justin Willis I really was, I had Curtis Blades heavy and was really hoping that we got a finish. I, I, it's another of those fights where I really thought we, we should have gotten a finish, uh, kind of like Gutierrez and Ryan McDonald earlier in the night. But uh, uh, Blades gets back on track and a uh, pretty dominating performance, I suppose, all the same. Uh, Justin? Yeah, it was uh, dominant, I guess,
0: seven takedowns. He landed... Less than half the amount of uh, significant strikes as Macy Barber did in a fight that she finished in the second round. That's so, exactly. yeah, he only landed 22 significant strikes, but the seven takedowns—you know—that definitely helped out um, his final score on, on DraftKings.
2: Greg, uh, I'm, I'm I'm fairly positive you were on Curtis Blades.
3: Yeah,
0: I
1: was. Uh, I remember last week I told you I was going to take Justin Willis because I had to, because he was one of my, he was like the fill-in slot on my right. draft team. But I, you know, after listening to the podcast, after saying it and hearing myself say it, I was like, there's no way I could take Justin Willis in this spot. So, so yeah, I play pretty heavy on blades too.
2: And then, of course, the biggest shocker of the night, man, and this one was uh, – this is going to, I think, hold uh, true to um, the, uh, uh, the pattern that we were talking about last week that Justin had brought up. Uh, Anthony Showtime Bettis, uh, big underdog. Wow. Comes in and gets a just a stellar uh, highlight reel knockout by Superman Punch in the second round uh, towards the end of the round two. The round was almost over uh, over Steven Wonderboy Thompson, who had who was winning the fight handily uh, up until that point. And, uh, man, it was something else. It was, uh, just a brutal KO one, one that will be remembered for a, a very long time. Anthony Pettis, uh, came in at the lowest salary on the entire, on the entire board. I believe it was $6,900. Uh, show, uh, Showtime Pettis was $6,900, and, uh, and Wonderboy Thompson was $9,300. And so that definitely uh, probably threw a lot of lineups for a loop at the very end of the show. Uh, just a really, really big knockout for uh, Anthony Pettis. Uh, Greg?
1: Yeah, um, I want to give a big fuck you to you, Tim, because I was sitting there, like, Ooh. talking about playing Anthony Pettis before, oh, yeah. right before the fight started. I was like, he's so... He's, he's, his, his value is so great at 6,900. But then we were sitting there talking, and you actually talked and said to me, you're like, bro, if they stand there and they play a, kick ba- a kickboxing battle like they're going to plan on doing, you know, I, I, who do you see winning? And obviously, you know, for the, uh, the whole fight, but you got to sit there and watch Steven Thompson. He just he was playing karate and points, points, and just stopping and coming back, and he wasn't he wasn't moving out of the way. And Anthony Pettis is the explosive kind that would jump at you when you're not expecting it, and he's gonna throw something from left field. And when, uh, when when Thompson kicked him in the stomach, that pretty much catapulted him into the cage, and he pretty much like butt thrust it off the cage and Superman right into Thompson, and that impact hit his face, and it was over with. He just slept him. It was crazy. He was asleep before he got
2: hit with those other two. I think. Oh yeah, he was. I think he was, and he they followed him up with two more real solid ones after he was already on the ground. Uh, so yeah, it was incredible. Justin, your thoughts? Uh, I tell you what, that uh, I, I I personally did not bet on Wonderboy. I bet on the un, I bet that on the under uh, that the fight would not go the oh, wow. distance. Uh, so I, so I had the under on that one and, uh, I, I didn't date Wonderboy or Pettis, but at the end I, I hammered the under. So I ended up coming, yeah, it was like a 50, day for me at the books. Justin, your thoughts.
0: I probably would have taken the under too, just because, just because Wonderboy was, was too expensive to right. take a, a, on a straight play. But I don't think anybody, you know, thought that, that Anthony would win that way. I mean, if, if it was going to happen, I think everybody <laughs> thought that it was going to be the submissions, um, you know they were going to get to the ground, and Anthony was going to catch him with something. But I mean, it wasn't even a close fight leading up to that. The size was was very noticeable. Everything that that Pettis got hit with, you know, you could tell that it was it was just a different, uh, different, different size of fighter than what he's used to. But he just shows up, man. When the lights are there, you know, when when Pettis is fighting somebody great, he shows up and and he's amazing. When he's fighting somebody subpar. He just i don't know he just kind of falls down to their level and um that's probably what's what's kept him from from achieving things that he could have achieved otherwise
2: and where does that put us now as far as that you know last week we were talking about how the lowest the lowest salaried uh fighter um on draftkings had won it was something like seventy five percent of the last four is that is that is that am i yeah, far off there?
1: It, it, that's yeah, that's right. But three out of the last four, uh, uh, Derek, What's Derek, Derek was the only one that was the last one that didn't win. Lewis, but, uh sir. three out of the last four have won. So yeah, Derek Lewis. It's, but you, uh, I mean, the but the value you got to look. We had Anthony Pettis. We were talking about it. He was a world champion. But uh, I don't know about this coming week though. As far as the uh, lowest one on the board, we'll have to talk about him.
2: Oh, yeah, we've got We've got another. Hey, you know, uh, you know that I'm going to let that seg into this week's because we've got another couple really low priced fighters that I like a lot. Uh, on this UFC Philly card,, uh, we'll let that kind of wrap up the Nashville uh, card. Any final thoughts, guys? Anything uh, anything you know coming out of this card? you feel like uh, I, I heard that uh, you know, live, it was it was a good uh, good atmosphere. It seemed like the crowd liked it. do uh, uh, your your overall thoughts on this UFC Nashville card and uh, and your biggest winner? coming out of it uh, moving forward who gets the who gets the biggest shine and your biggest loser uh, who, who takes it uh, the hardest uh, off of a loss? I'll, I'll go first. Uh, actually, in that regard, and I've got to say uh, that, without a doubt, uh, to me the biggest winner was Anthony Pettis, who you know has uh, has now made himself uh, relevant again. Dare I say? Not to, I mean, it's hard to say that he was irrelevant, but he kind of was becoming that way. Now he's bought himself another main event fight, most likely. So uh, a real big win there uh, for for Anthony Showtime Pettis. Uh, Justin, your biggest winner
0: uh, overall. I thought it was a great event. I'm with you though. I mean, I don't. I don't see how how anybody could be a bigger winner that night than than Anthony Pettis. He was definitely the biggest underdog. Nobody really gave him a shot going in, and and he shut the lights out and you know did the unexpected. Great. Uh,
1: well, up until the Pettis fight, I got to shine some light on uh, on Bros Mitchell because that was awesome how he won, and I was proud of him. And uh, I'm actually kind of disappointed that I didn't go to this show because after watching it on tv and knowing it was just like two and a half three hours away could have went and watched it then all my friends are posting their pictures oh we had so much fun yeah it looks like (laughs) a good time i wish i would have went
2: no doubt it'll be interesting to see how long they make us wait before they bring another one back here uh biggest loser uh for me man it's a that's a hard call but i kind of touched on it earlier i want to see angela hill um Pretty bad loss. Didn't look very competitive in it. And I'm just and she's just on such a, a slide right now um, that uh, I, I, she, I just don't know. I don't know that they'll cut her. But I think that any sort of uh, upside now has been uh, probably limited. Uh, Justin, uh, my biggest
0: loser is Wonder Boy, for sure. Uh, well, I mean, what mean, what does he do now?
2: Yeah, true. Yeah, that's hard. That's hard to say, man. Uh, You know, he's he's still a guy that, uh, you know, he's a popular fighter with a fun style. And I I think that they will probably he's still got at least one more kind of push left in in him. I think, you know, as far as them building him back up one more good time. Uh, Greg, your biggest loser.
1: The uh, biggest loser of the week is uh, myself for not going to the Nashville card uh, ah. and uh, losing all the money I had on Steven Thompson at the end of the night.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I'm the biggest loser. And I lost my draft kings at the end of the night. Justin came from behind with like four people, five or four or five, like a whole main party <laughs> had, and just took off at the end. I was like, yeah, and I was expecting Justin to give me. Him. I'm telling y'all, when I'm winning, I'm going to talk shit. Y'all are too modest and too respectful. I'm going to let y'all know when I win. I'm, I'm, draft, but, I mean,
0: I'm, it, I'm just too used to winning. I mean, you know, it's every week. I just, just, I just can only gloat so much. Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> Let's get into this Philadelphia card, guys. It's UFC Fight Night 149 going down in Philly. I like this card. Uh, it's 13 bouts, and it's a it's a weird Split. We've got uh, two. two, I guess we've got uh, three fights, maybe on uh, ESPN Plus. That will uh, be the preliminaries, Uh, and then then they'll move to regular ESPN for four prelims, and then uh, I believe it's. I think maybe is it back to ESPN Plus for the main card, or is this a regular ESPN card? I have no idea. Um. Yeah, I'm, uh, I guess I should probably figure that out here. Looks, so, like,
0: uh, looks like it's on ESPN2. Yeah,
2: ESPN2 for the main part. Okay, so just the prelims on ESPN+. plus. Uh, we got some decent ones, though. We got. Uh, we start off, we've got uh, a band of weight bout between two flyweights. Uh, we got Alex Perez taking on Mark De La Rosa. De La Rosa coming off his USC debut, which was a loss. Uh, I want to say he stepped in tough and lost uh, in, uh, in his debut. He's eleven one now. It's the it's the husband of Montana De La Rosa. And Alex Perez, uh, he's a Contender Series alum. He's uh, he's been on he's been on a bit of a roll. He, he he knocked off several good guys, and then he lost to Joseph Benavides, uh, which isn't a bad loss. Uh, We have Alex Perez priced pretty high here. Ninety two hundred dollars against Martin De La Rosa coming back at seven thousand dollars. And then uh, up next on the prelims, it is the ladies and it is flyweight action. Sabina uh, Mazzo, she's Colombian and undefeated six and oh, she's the LFA champion and she's she's a hot prospect. You know, she's she's an exciting striker. And she's taking on uh, Marina Mo- uh, Mo- Morose, who is, uh, she's a Ukrainian fighter, uh, tall and rangy. And, uh, you know, she's had, I think she's about 50-50 in the UFC so far. Uh, hasn't, put, hasn't been known to put up a lot of DK points. Uh, Mazo is the, uh, the favorite, and she's $8,800 on DraftKings, whereas Moroz is $7,400. And then rounding out the prelims is another bantamweight bout between two flyweights. Uh, Ray Borg makes his uh, return to the octagon after like a year and a half off. He's had some real bad luck uh, over that year, <clears throat> and uh, last we saw him, he, he he was fighting for the title, I believe, against Mighty Mouse, uh, taking on the late replacement uh, Casey Kennedy, who uh, just won the LFA title like last week, I think, in like 28 seconds. Uh, he's been on the Contender Series a couple times, pretty solid, man. I've seen him. I've seen him fight a couple times. He's a UFC worthy guy. Uh, and he is probably the least expensive guy on the card. Ray Borg is ninety four hundred dollars, and Casey Kinney is sixty eight hundred dollars. Um, for me, I'll just a, kind of you know an overview of this, these first three fights. Uh, I can see myself uh, potentially paying uh, going to all the way down uh, for Casey Kinney at sixty eight hundred dollars because. Uh, He's solid. He's a solid uh, prospect. I think he's got a chance to win this fight. And even if he doesn't, I see this fight going three rounds where he's going to have opportunities to at least put up some points. Uh, I have a hard time seeing myself play either of these ladies because I don't know that we're going to get a finish. And then uh, I think it's going to end up probably being a kickboxing match that doesn't tally a lot of points. Uh, I could maybe play Alex Perez's expensive, but but I could also see him uh, getting maybe a late finish over De La Rosa, Justin. Anything stand out to the uh, to you
0: from these prelims? I'm with you on the Casey Kenny one. Uh, Ray Borg, you know, like you said, he's been out for a long time, going through a lot of stuff. His his son's been, you know, in and out of the hospital, and um, personal life just has just not been very conducive to to the training life that you need to to have to, to compete at this level. Um, and Casey Kenny, you know, just won his, that title last week, and um, so. You know, he's he's been active and um, this is a big opportunity for him. So uh, I think that he's got a good a good chance in that. I probably stay away from from uh, the girls, probably stay away from Alex Perez and De La Rosa too. I expect Perez to to be able to handle that. I just don't know if it's worth the money. I don't know if
2: he'll get the finish or not. Yeah, I'm with you there. it's, it's a high price tag uh, coming with that. I, I have a hard time paying 9,400 for Borg because I just don't know that I see him getting him out of there. Uh, no. we'll see. You know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of you know other circumstances going on with him. Greg, anything stand out to you in these first three as uh, must plays on your lineups or anything? You really, just uh, hate. Uh,
1: well, what's one thing that's standing out to me is both of y'all are on Kenny here at the Blotto versus Borg, and. Uh, I'm not talking shit about him, but uh are we are we gonna see a pattern on this guy too? you know uh, two wins, one loss, two wins is he gonna win? I don't know. Uh, I'll go ahead and go through uh, the lineup that I have right now that I've got loaded up, which it's gonna change, of course, in two days whenever I see weigh-ins and whatnot and who's you know when I'd see them next to each other who looks who looks uh, depleted and you know, I'll look at the lines online, uh, on Vegas lines and see who, you know, the distance of all of them to see how i are going to do it. But I've got, I've got Barboza right now, 8,500. I've got another dog of Branch at 7,900. I've got Green versus Pearson. And the only reason I'm taking Desmond Green is because I'm, uh, I'm fading Pearson here. I'm taking Michael Johnson over Emmett. And, uh, I don't really know if I'll keep this one or not, but, uh, that girl from, or is this Carolina? How you pronounce her last Co- Co- name? I, I still can't do it, but I took her. But I don't know I might take Michelle Waters. I might change that and take Michelle Waters from later because I love the karate hottie. She's, I'm a big fan of her, and uh, I'm also taking how you how you pronounce Mearshart. 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 I'm going to yeah. take him too, right there, as a. a at, a, at another underdog at 7,300. But this, is again, is going to change. With that right there, levels me up to zero, and I think that's a pretty solid lineup, and that's the actual one I have in our pool for the tickets this week. So, uh, if I win, I'll be, I'll be, you know, y'all gonna let me take a picture and post it or something. I'm kind of pissed off at Justin <laughs> that bullshit at the end, that last little six. And I'm sitting there looking at Justin; he only had like two points or something. And I'm sitting there looking; I'm like, what the fuck did he do? All right. And so I look; I was like, oh, this motherfucker still got five guys left on his line. Okay, I'll see what he's doing. And then he come from behind. I mean, I mean, uh, I think Randy York uh, was actually winning the whole, like, majority of the time. And then, you know, more. Tanner Moore was in there. there was, we had a pretty good crowd last week, and uh, a bunch of people switched. I think that there was about four or five guys that actually were at one time uh, uh, winning, and uh, email or not know I'm sorry, messaging me and talking shit, telling me that they'll take them tickets. You know, blah blah blah. I don't know what they were saying. I wasn't listening. But then I came up on top. It was all fun and games until Justin pulled that bullshit again. So, uh, yeah. But that's the lineup that I got for the week so far. But that's gonna change.
2: Well, uh, getting back to our, to our, our format here, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sorry, so, not- it's okay. Essentially, Greg didn't have any plays, uh, of anyone in that, in that bottom, uh, tier of, 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 uh, I guess we'll say the, the ESPN plus prelims, no plays really, uh, or opinions from Greg moving on to the ESPN prelims and business picks up a little bit here. We've got, uh, uh Gerald Mearshart, GM three, uh, who uh, I'm a big fan of, you know, he, he's come up here and fought for valor in the past or down here, I guess I should say from, uh, from Wisconsin. Uh, he's taking on Kevin Holland and, uh, and Kevin Holland is a guy that, you know, this is a very confident fighter, and um, I don't know that that his fight IQ is that good. Uh, but he's certainly athletic and capable. And I think that it's going to be whether or not he makes uh, a mistake that Mearshart's able to capitalize on. You know, Gerald I think has the better ground game here, but will give up uh, some athleticism uh, this disadvantage. You know, to, to Kevin Holland. So. Hard fight to call. Uh, Mearshart is seventy-three hundred, though he's pretty cheap. And uh, Holland is eighty-nine hundred. I think that uh, you know the value here is on Mearshart because if Mearshart does win, he it will most likely be by finish, by submission, which should uh, get you good value. Um, Holland eighty-nine hundred. Uh, if he doesn't get the knockout then I see it being a potentially kind of a kickboxing match where I don't know that he can return value he might can uh, and then of course next we've got uh, what should be a pretty good one uh, Enrique Barzola versus Kevin Aguilar uh, Aguilar is another LFA vet he was their champion and uh, he is uh, coming into this one as a slight underdog It's uh, Barzola uh, the Peruvian fighter is $8,200 Aguilar is $8,000 and uh, Aguilar you know he's an aggressive fighter he's gonna he's gonna go for it um and i i kind of like him at eight thousand dollars actually i think he's gonna be uh a part of my lineups uh justin any thoughts on these two
0: i like uh Mearshart for the price for sure he needs needs a good a good win and uh i think this is a, a prime opponent for him to get it against um and uh i, I like aguilar art that value too i think that that he's got a good chance of finishing this fight
2: Greg, you uh, talked earlier about taking Mearshart on your lineup, so we know you like him. Um, did, you didn't touch on Aguilar Barzola, did you?
1: No, I didn't play. Hold on, let's see. Go back to where we were. My bad. I, no, I didn't make a play on the Aguilar. I had Aguilar in the lineup to begin with, 16-1. Uh, and one. Yeah, I, don't, I don't like to lose, but uh, I don't – I mean, I know who does anyways. But, yeah, I took Mearshart in there. I think he's a lot – I don't really know. Again, we'll see you on Thursday. But I got Mearshart, Mearshart – Gerald Mearshart right there right now against Kevin Holland, but no no play on Aguilar yet.
2: Rounding out the prelims, we've got a fight that uh, Greg touched on. It's Dez Green taking on Ross Pearson. Uh, Green is a pretty heavy favorite. He's $9,300, so he's pretty pricey on uh, DraftKings. Pearson comes back at $6,900, and, you know, it's kind of one of those style fights. Dez Green is not known for having just, you know, scintillating battles. Um, you know, he's a bit of a grinder, uh, but those takedowns can, can add up points, you know, and Pearson is a tough, durable guy. So uh, as much as I'm not a huge fan of Des Green uh, watching his fights, I can see maybe where Greg is going with this. I personally probably won't go for it, just um, – it just because ninety three hundred is still, you know, Green's not really a finisher. He's really going to have to get several of those takedowns and advances to be able to to find out the, the value that he needs, in my opinion. Uh, and then, of course, rounding out the prelims, it's, a, it's another ladies' fight. Uh, Marina uh, Rodriguez is undefeated, ten and zero, at ninety one hundred dollars. She's the favorite over Jessica Aguilar, who is only seventy one hundred dollars, coming off a pretty bad loss uh, to Chinese prospect. Uh, a few months back, uh, she's a bet, you know. She's been around forever, but this is going to be one of those pressure striking battles, and and Aguilar may be done here, you know. I don't know. She's uh, whew, uh I last time I, she was kind of like my upset play because I thought that it was too much, uh, you know, for the prospect. But now I now I'm I'm, I'm off think so uh you know i could maybe see myself playing rodriguez here in hopes that she gets that that finish uh uh like waylee jane was able to do uh, with Jessica aguilar justin i'll probably stay away
0: from both of these if anything i'm you know if, I, if i'm needing a cheap play i might take ross pearson uh just for the, the you know one shot knockout potential um but not too interested in either one of these fights
2: uh, Greg, uh, you, you spoke earlier. You like Des Green. Uh, you, you see him being able to hit value at 9300 huh? Uh, exactly. With Justice, uh,
1: just to follow up, uh, I wanted to check Pearson for that one-shot
3: catch.
1: It happened, but he has too many losses on his record. And like, I mean, just these he's two – his losses are more consistent than they are wins, so I'm just fading him for that very reason right there. And, you know, Green's explosive, uh, I don't know how long he can keep that explosiveness going on with Pearson because he's like that junkyard dog from the trailer park that uh, just don't quit, that you knew in high school years like that. You know, that dude's just, I don't want to fuck with him. He's just a mean, mean little junkyard dog is really all he is. (laughs) Um, And when he he, he, he really challenged, that's how I feel about Ross Pearson. He's mean, but um, it's just how durable he is and if he can get up from the takedowns and whatnot. But uh, no play on the Aguilar and Rodriguez either. I don't know if we'll get a finish on that one.
2: Of course, moving on to the main card on ESPN2, uh, we've got a, a pretty one that's got potential to be a pretty good action fight here. Sadiq Yousef uh, is taking on uh, uh, Shimon Morais. Uh, Yousef is, uh, you know, he's a knockout artist. He's a guy that the UFC they, you can tell they want to build this guy up. He is the favorite here at $8,700. Marais, though, yeah, this guy's been in there with some top-notch competition. This is a step up for for Yusuf, in my opinion. $7,500 is the price tag on Marais. I feel like there's pretty good value there um, for Marais to maybe get a knockout of his own uh, or at the least go the rounds and uh, still put up a a worthwhile performance at $7,500. Up next is um, light heavyweights. It's Paul Craig. Uh, Taking on Kennedy Jaku. Jaku. Chuck Wu. Oh, man. Any any help here? Justin, you know how to say this shit? Jakua? Jakuku. Chuck Wu. I'm just going to call him Kennedy so I just don't (laughs) keep sounding like a jackass. Um, uh, Kennedy is the uh, favorite here. He's $9,000. Paul Craig, $7,200. This is certainly. Um, one of those fights, you know, Paul Craig is like your uh, forever gatekeeper to the up and coming talents in the light heavyweight division. You know, he's not a not a very good athlete. He's got tricky ground skills. If you remember, I think last time out, he caught a submission with after getting his ass kicked with literally one second to go. Um, you know, Kennedy is off of the contender series, very green. Uh, you know, he's he's very athletic too, though. He's one of these Nigerian guys that is just a you know, supreme athlete. So it's one of those things where easy. They're going to go out there and just melt Paul Craig potentially and get those big points. Um, or Paul Craig could potentially catch a submission. I suppose, uh, both of these guys are have, you know, for, for their price, have a little bit of, uh, have a little bit of argument for using them. I like Marais at, at 7,500 personally though. Uh, Justin,
0: uh, I like, uh, Yusuf for that price. I think that, um, you know he, it is a step up in competition but i think he'll i think he'll handle it well um kennedy i'm i'm that's a tough one you know like, like you say I, I feel like he he's supposed to come get a big knockout but you just never know what's going to happen um i just don't have enough faith in his uh in his past competition to know that he's you know is he going to be able to handle the wrestling i'm just i'm just not too sure so i'll probably stay away from that one
2: He's expensive. He is. He is. So we've lost Greg uh, due to technical difficulties. We were able to get his lineup uh, a little bit earlier as he went out of order. He must have. Uh, he must have known uh, shit was about to get fucked up. So uh, uh, we'll we'll move on uh, to our next bout. It's the final female bout on this card, and in my opinion probably the well it should probably be the co-main event. It's a it's a pretty solid fight. Carolina, Kovalkiewicz taking on Michelle Waterson, the karate hottie. Um, Kovalkiewicz is the favorite in this one. $8,600 versus $7,600 for Watterson. Not a big fan of either side of this, to tell you the truth, because I, I just don't see stylistically either one of them piling up big points. You know, Kovalkiewicz is coming off of a, a stoppage loss uh, where she just got the shit beat out of her, but Watterson isn't really that fighter, you know. Uh, Justin, any thoughts?
0: Yeah, I like Kovalevich, but not probably not a fight that I play on. I I see us going to a decision. You're just going to score low points regardless of of who wins. I think.
2: Up next, the feature about Michael Johnson taking on Josh Emmett. Uh, Emmett's been out for about a year and a half. Uh, You know, Michael Johnson is the favorite $8,400 against Josh Emmett, 7,800. I really like Michael Johnson in this one. I think he's quicker, more explosive, and has got a good chance to get a knockout win here. Uh, I think he's just better everywhere, honestly. And and with Emmett being out for a while, uh, this is a tough test for him to come back to. I like Michael Johnson at $8,400 yourself.
0: Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, Johnson in the past hasn't scored that great on DraftKings, but I think he'll win the fight. I'm not sure that he'll get to finish. Emmett's, you know, tough, uh, real grindy, so could pose some problems. I I think Michael Johnson will get it done.
2: Co-main event. This is an interesting one. A little, a little tough to call here. Uh, Jack Hermanson, uh, the Swede, is taking on uh, David Branch. And uh, you know, Branch knocked out Tiago Santos. You know, and he's a black belt, uh, so uh, he's a hard one to read because uh, sometimes he can be you know a little grindy and not that exciting. But he's shown that he's got knockout power at the same time. Uh, Hermanson, you know, uh, I think the last time out he he knocked out Mierschorn, and so and he's tough man. He's a, he's a big strapping dude, and uh, you know, this one this should be an interesting style match. They got Hermanson as uh, the the favorite. And he's $8,300, and Branch is $7,900. Tough call here. Uh, I have a hard time going either way to tell you the truth uh, with any sort of confidence. Yourself? I like David Branch for the value. I think it's
0: probably a good play. Um, I think the submissions could be the difference maker in this one. And uh, Branch might just put it on him.
2: Main event should be a fun one, man. Uh, I'm really pumped for this fight. Uh, if they'd done this fight in Nashville like it was rumored, I probably would have gone out there for it, to tell you the truth. Uh, Edson Barboza versus Justin Gaethje. These are two action guys, man. They're gonna they're, Somebody's probably getting slept. I hope it's not Gaethje. I like Gaethje a lot. Uh, they've got Barboza as the favorite, $8,500. Gaethje is $7,700. It's a five-round fight. And this is one that I kind of like both ends. I could, uh, I could see playing both Barboza and Gaethje here in case we get a five-round battle, but I don't know that, that, the, that both guys are going to hold up to that. Um, man, I'm <laughs> uh, playing with my heart over my mind probably. I like Gaethje at 7,700. I think if he gets this win, he's going he's gonna to rack up points, and he may rack up some points even in a loss with, with, if he gets some knockdowns um uh, yourself Justin what you, what's your thoughts on this one I mean I, it's a real tough one to call for me yeah I think Gaethje has a good style for
0: Barbosa Barbosa is just such a clean crisp stri- striker um he, you know he kind of he's a, he's a good counter striker but he needs you to stay on the outside if you're running him down the whole time and causing him to backpedal, he, he's not as good but he only needs to you know he only needs a second to get off and uh, uh so I don't know I, I think this could definitely be a, a high-scoring uh, fight on both ends. Probably going to go the distance. I w- would like to see what the over/under is on leg kicks in this fight, um, but I probably probably won't play it. If anything, I might take Gaethje just just because you know he's gonna he's gonna be in there the whole time. I think so.
2: So uh, when it all comes down to it, uh, have you got a lineup that you uh, that you've kind of you you uh, pieced together that uh, that makes the most sense for you? I'll give you mine. Greg's already given us his. Uh, for me, uh, I'm going to dive all the way down and take Casey Kinney. Uh, it allows me to do pretty much anything I want with the rest of the lineup. Uh, from there, I've got Kevin Aguilar. I think uh, he's going to he's going to stay in Barzola's face and force a firefight i got Marina Rodriguez in hopes that she's able to get a early stoppage win over Aguilar. Uh, Michael Johnson, Ditto, I think that he, he's a guy that has a good chance to get a stoppage win. Uh, and then that leaves my last two slots where I've got plenty of money to, to pay up and uh, get about whatever I want to get, so I want to take a shot at Kennedy. Uh, the, the Nigerian over Paul Craig in hopes that he's able to, uh, you know, use those that, that athleticism advantage and get a stoppage uh, and and a lot of points for me. And I'm going to round that out. Uh, shoo we I'm going to round it out with David Branch. I think even though it's going to leave me um, $800 in salary on the board, but I'm I'm hoping Branch is able to, to drag Hermanto down and get a uh, submission finish and, and get me some points. Uh, Justin,
0: I don't have a. A, a, a final one yet I've got a draft sure. A draft lineup I guess uh, So I'm, I'm doing the same thing With, with Casey Kenny, um, Mershart. I think Yousef's going to score some points uh, That gives me some points back So I can go with Kenny. Um, I've got David Branch also And Alex Perez I hope that, that he can get a finish there
2: Who's your lock of the week Who who finds their way onto uh, Your lineup no matter what Probably Youssef. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. For me, it's Michael Johnson. I really have a hard time seeing how Josh Heimann gets gets this win. Uh, uh, your your, your fade of the week. Who's not going to make it onto any lineups? Um.
0: <laughs> probably. Probably Ray Borg.
2: Yeah, it's expensive, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a hard time finding myself taking him. Uh, that think Kenny is is very durable. Regardless, he's going to be a hard guy to get out of there. Um, for me, I'm going to say, man, I'm going to say my fade of the week is going to be probably Ross Pearson. Um, I, I think that it's going to be hard for him to be able to get the knockout. And if he manages to win, it's probably going to be um, a, not a whole lot of uh, not a whole lot of points. So uh, that's, I'm going to say Ross Pearson is my is my fade of the week. And uh, man, I guess that's going to do it. And uh, that we've, we've gone through UFC Philly. It's uh, it's going down again this uh, Saturday night on ESPN uh, Plus, ESPN, and ESPN Two. There's Bell to work hard as well. Um, that's less than less than appealing. Uh, not a whole lot to say about that one. Uh, tell you the truth, looking at it, Andre Kozlov's fighting. Daniel Strauss is back. But it's just nothing that uh jumps off the page. Anything uh good to you on that Bellator card, Justin? No, not really. I, I, I enjoy
0: watching Korshkov fight, but he's fighting a cans. Probably not gonna be uh probably not gonna be something that I that I take the time to sit right. through.
2: Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of long long spreads looking at the odds here. You know, everyone is pretty heavily favored. Uh the main event's the closest one, Gertz and a wad, but uh, maybe a good action fight, but yeah, nothing. Nothing that's must see to me. Uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll circle back next week, man. Next week it's uh, it's fight week, so it'll be preview panel. We'll we'll, we'll recap Philly uh, for UFC and DraftKings purposes, and then it'll be time to preview Valor Fifty Seven. We'll have our uh, our picks panel on here, and we'll break that whole card down. Uh, looking forward to that. Again, uh, check out our Facebook page, The Valor Hour Podcast. And uh, like it on there, and you will find uh, here by tomorrow, I'm guessing, the link for our free DraftKings contest. Jump on in there through that link, put your lineup in. If you get first place, you're going to get a pair of tickets on us for the aforementioned Valor 57 card coming up next weekend. Uh, until then, I'm your host, Tim Loy. Thanks again to my co-host, Justin Watson, Greg Hopkins, wherever he may be, and uh, and our guest, Andrew Sturdivant, for joining us a little bit earlier. Until next week, signing out, Valor Hour. See y'all later. is an MMA report with Jason Floyd. Quick Fix on Radio Influence. Coming up on this week's edition of the MMA Report Podcast, you're going to hear my interviews with UFC Philadelphia's Alex Perez as he previews his matchup against Mark De La Rosa, plus going to have three Bellator 219 interviews. We'll talk to one of the men in the main event, Syed Awad, of course, taking on Brandon Gertz. Also, talk to David Rickles, who takes on AJ Matthews, and Sean Bunch, who takes on Dominic Mazzata.
0: And guess what? It's a mixed martial arts podcast, so of course we're talking about Conor McGregor. we got to do it once a month. Apparently he's retired. Probably won't be the last time. And also, me and Jason preview the big, well, sort of big, UFC and Bellator event this weekend, as well as recapping what just transpired.
2: And of course, be sure to listen to this podcast on radiofluence.com and subscribe, rate, review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Podcasts. The MMA Report with Jason Floyd can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, and RadioInfluence.com.